You're listening to the Air Quality Insider. Here we'll keep you informed on the latest changes in the world of air quality regulations and technology. The Air Quality Insider is produced by All4 LLC. All4 is a nationally recognized environmental consulting company that shapes environmental responsibility and creates distinction for our clients, our employees, and our partners. Before we jump into our episode, I'm here with Lindsay Cruz, technical manager here at All4. Lindsay, how's it going? Great, Michael. Thanks for having me. We have Lindsay here because we wanted to let you know about a great opportunity to expand your air quality knowledge. Lindsay, can you tell me more about that? Absolutely. All4's Air Quality 101 training course is returning in October 2019. AQ101 actually started and also continues today as an internal All4 training program for new staff. It provides a comprehensive and foundational education of air quality regulatory programs. And the course consists of 12 live one-hour webinars and covers topics ranging from the history of the Clean Air Act and the National Ambient Air Quality Standards, or the NACs, to more focused topics that are encountered at industrial facilities every day such as the basics of emissions testing and air quality modeling. Wow, that sounds like a great opportunity. I hear there have been some updates since the last AQ101 was offered. Can you give our listeners any insights on the changes? You bet. I'm excited for this next round of AQ101 because we're going to introduce additional all four trainers and present the material in a dialogue format. I expect it to be engaging and fun. Sure sounds like it. What should our listeners do if they want to learn more? They can go to all4inc.com slash training slash AQ101. That's A-L-L, the number four, I-N-C.com forward slash training forward slash AQ101. And use promo code podcast for 10% off. Thanks so much for having me, and I hope to see your listeners this fall. Thanks, Lindsay. This episode features an article titled, Propose Rulemaking to Address Reclassification of Major Sources as Area Sources written by Amy Marshall, and published on August 5, 2019. U.S. EPA proposed a rulemaking in the July 26, 2019 Federal Register to revise the 40 CFR Part 63, Subpart A, General Provisions, to include requirements for facilities that want to reclassify from a major source of hazardous air pollutants to an area source. This rulemaking follows a January 25, 2018 U.S. EPA memorandum titled Reclassification of Major Sources and Area Sources under Section 112 of the Clean Air Act. With the memo and rulemaking, U.S. EPA is revising its long-standing once-in, always-in policy and has coined a new acronym, Major Maximum Achievable Control Technology to Area or MM2A. The U.S. EPA once-in, always-in policy was set out in a 1995 John Seitz memo and stated that a major source of HAP had only until the first substantive compliance date of an applicable MAC standard to reclassify as an area source. After that time, once a MAC standard applied to a facility, it always applied. If a facility was subsequently determined to be an area source, it could only avoid MAC compliance obligations under future major source rules. US EPA now believes that the ones in always in policy is not consistent with a plain reading of the Clean Air Act. The January 2018 memo repealed the policy 
and U.S. EPA is now proposing to codify procedures for reclassifying from major source to area source, and vice versa. Note that this proposal supersedes and replaces the January 2007 proposed rule, which was a much simpler version of the current proposal. It essentially said that a source could reclassify at any time and would be subject to the new applicable requirements upon the effective date of the permit reclassifying the source. U.S. EPA is proposing the following changes to 40 CFR Part 63 General Provisions. Adding a new paragraph, 61.1 C6, that states a major source can become an area source at any time by limiting its potential to emit HAP. Until the PTE limitation becomes effective, the source remains subject to the major source requirements. After the PTE limitation becomes effective, the source is subject to any applicable 40 CFR Part 63 area source requirements. A major source that becomes an area source must meet applicable 40 CFR Part 63 area source requirements immediately, provided the first substantive compliance date for area sources has passed, except that the regulatory authority can grant up to three years additional time if the source must make physical changes or install additional controls. A major source that becomes an area source and then later becomes a major source again, must comply with applicable major source MAC requirements immediately. If the standard has been revised since the source was last subject, and the source must make a physical change or install additional controls to comply, the permitting authority can allow the same amount of time to comply as the amount of time allowed for existing sources subject to the revised standard. Reclassification does not absolve a source subject to enforcement action or investigation of any compliance obligation. Limitations on PTE must be legally and practicably enforceable. Definitions of those terms are being added at 63.2. Sources that reclassify must notify US EPA electronically via the Compliance and Emissions Data Reporting Interface, or CEDRI. No sources will be exempt from electronic reporting. U.S. EPA is also proposing to revise individual subparts under 40 CFR Part 63 that currently specify dates that would conflict with the MM2A revisions and to include new citations in each rule's general provisions applicability table. A public hearing was held on August 15, 2019 in Washington, D.C., and comments on the proposed rule are due September 24, 2019. US EPA has included 59 specific requests for comments on the proposed rule. They include, but are not limited to the following, whether this new interpretation is permissible, examples of whether emissions will increase or air pollution controls will be decommissioned if major sources reclassify to area sources, whether U.S. EPA should prohibit emissions increases when major sources reclassify to area sources and the legal basis for doing so, whether the compliance timing provisions are appropriate, whether the proposed criteria for HAP-PTE limits are effective, whether they should include additional criteria, and whether state or local enforceability is sufficient. 
whether they should codify minimum requirements for a reclassification request, including a hierarchy of acceptable data and methods, whether public notice and comments should automatically be required when a source reclassifies, and whether additional changes are needed to individual subparts. This regulatory proposal is a part of the current administration's regulatory streamlining efforts. It is meant to provide a mechanism for sources to reduce their regulatory burden and an incentive for facilities to implement pollution prevention measures or enhance air pollution control technologies in order to reduce emissions below major source levels. Although this is a proposed rule, some states have already allowed major sources to reclassify as area sources. Although reclassification can potentially provide a significant reduction in regulatory burden, as you are considering the implication of reclassification, keep in mind that there could be additional requirements that become applicable when a major source max standard no longer applies. These could include area source standards under 40 CFR Part 63 or state air toxics rules. You should also consider the potential for future expansion or contraction of the facility and the implications of a requirement to immediately comply with the relevant 40 CFR Part 63 standard upon the effective date of reclassification. Finally, you should consider whether accepting HAP PTE limits in your permit will result in requirements for additional monitoring, testing, and record keeping to demonstrate that emissions remain below the major source thresholds. Conducting a site-specific analysis, developing a compliance strategy, and obtaining the requisite air permit revisions will take time. The pros and cons of major versus area source status should be carefully considered. Contact your all four project manager or Amy Marshall with questions or for assistance with strategizing and permitting. That was proposed rulemaking to address reclassification of major sources as area sources, written by Amy Marshall and narrated by Michael McHale. Additional articles like the one that you just heard can be found on our website, www.all the number 4, inc.com. You can also interact with us on Twitter, at All4Inc. Be sure to tell us what you think about our podcast using the hashtag AirQualityInsider. And feel free to ask us questions about all things air quality for us to answer in a future episode.